Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around following rules and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. All right, welcome back to another episode of Career Crashers. Today, we are very excited to be joined by Lupcho Stojanovsky. Hopefully, I did a good job with that, Lupcho. Yeah, perfect. Right on, man. Right on. We're already friends, man. No no butcher, no nothing. We're, on, we're off to a great start. Yeah, I imagine being in the States, you get all types of versions of pronunciations thrown at you, but um, really excited to have you here. You're an account executive at X Plenty. You're the co-host of the Deliberate Dropout podcast. Um, you're also a college dropout who's kicking ass in his career. Um, so really excited to, to dive into your career story. And I wanted to start from kind of the, those early moments of making that decision to drop out of college and, and deciding like, hey, this isn't right for me. What was that kind of moment like and what was kind of going through your head when you thought, hey, I need to get out of here and get into the workforce? Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And, you know, just want to say appreciate being here. Love what Crash is doing with the resume building. In terms of my early, like, you know, when I look back at some of the early stages, it was like, uh, like I always joke, I say I walk into cloud class and I dropped out, but it was definitely like a series of moments that led up to that. So for example, college, the curriculum is trained, like going through, going through university, going through college. It's good to learn. Like if you're not a doctor and attorney, it's really, in my opinion, the ROI isn't as valuable as just entering into a position where there's like, where you just start learning a skill immediately, sales, negotiation, digital marketing, all that. You don't really need a degree for that. So that's where my disconnect was, where I'm going through university, I'm going through college, but there's no immediate ROI on the material that I'm learning. And like at such a young age, I want to grow in my career. I want to make money, of course. And I just didn't see, I didn't see university as a viable option to learn those soft skills that I need. You don't need a degree to start your career. Maybe if you want to progress, that's a different story, but certainly to start, you definitely don't need it. And that's where my, the biggest disconnect was for me, at least. Yeah. And so was this something you were kind of thinking like while you're there, like, hey, this doesn't seem to have anything to do with actual things that are going to help me make money. Um, and then what was it like actually kind of making that decision? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I was definitely thinking about it. Like as I'm going through university, like I'm learning imaginary numbers. I'm learning how to write the perfect MLA format, essay size 12 times New Roman. <laughs> and to me, that's not really like practical advice, in my opinion, to like how to actually add value in the workforce. So adding value in the workforce is very different from like textbook, go read this, go read this about, um, go, you know, go write this essay on this person, et cetera. That's where that disconnect was. I would say that once I, once I left and once I actually started applying my soft skills and adding value, that's when I grew the most, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for me, it was doing well enough at college that I couldn't really see how pointless it was. I could kind of like feel yeah. it. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, that's what was kind of going on with me. But I didn't have that, that outside context. Um, and so for you, you drop out, like, where do you kind of go first to get started? Yeah, for sure. So when I, so when I dropped out, Ryan, like, it's not like I had no plan in motion, right? Like I did have some type of backup. I was already learning real estate at that time. I did have to be like, I was trying to be as pragmatic as I can in my approach to like entering the workforce. Don't get me wrong though. Like I had nobody in real estate. I had no, like, like that's not an industry I was accustomed to. So one thing that helped me out the most for that transition is I was just willing to work for free. 
Like everyone thought I was nuts. I'm over here trying to find a mentor, build my vertical, um, my, my vertical line of my network, I guess. And knowing like, if I know I don't have the capital to start my own business, I know I don't have the skills. I'm, I'm 19 at this time. I don't have the skills to like go out and start hustling on my own or get my real estate license. At that point, I'm just shadowing a business owner and I'm telling him I'll work for free. If I close the deal, you pay me. That was kind of my transition and my way out. And to be honest, that was probably the best decision I made. I never regretted leaving college. It might sound ridiculous leaving college to work for free, but that's probably a bigger ROI than like what the classroom was teaching me regardless. So that's kind of, that was kind of my way out into like the professional world, getting some experience, hands-on learning, et cetera. Yeah. It's funny this disconnect we have where some people are like so intense about how working for free is bad. Maybe it's like, it feels like exploitation, that type of thing. Yep. But like when you can contrast yep. it to college, like you're like paying to go to college. Um, not only are you paying, often you're taking on like tens of thousands of dollars of debt. That is like somehow the only type of debt that you can't bankrupt, uh, go into bankruptcy to get out of. So it's kind of weird how it's like people can <laughs> like say, oh, it's you know so bad to work for free, but also Oh yeah, taking on a hundred grand to do whatever your art degree and a debt that you can never get rid of—that's a great idea. It's such a weird disconnect we have. <laughs> it is for sure. Like they will support you to take out a hundred thousand dollars student loan, but if someone told you, "Hey, work for free, but I will teach you," like it's almost like what's that analogy? Like if you give someone, like if you go, if you teach someone how to fish, they'll bring their own. Like they'll reap their own rewards, or they'll bring their, they'll start fishing on their own. But if you give someone a fish, like they're going to keep coming back to you. And I guess like I feel like the system is kind of set up that way. Get your degree, go get like it's very dependent on some other entity when everything you need is inside of you and you need to invest in yourself and develop those hard skills and just you will continuously add value wherever you go. For sure. Yeah. And I know I've met so many people and you know, on this podcast, we featured so many people whose yeah. career journeys start exactly like that, finding something they're interested in. And starting working for free, building the skills. Um, how did you kind of decide one who you wanted to to kind of make that pitch to, and then how did you actually go about doing it? So the way I went about it, I was already so I read a just I guess a recap. It was like a six month transition, like just so the audience is clear. Like it's not like one day I woke up and I <laughs> I found like a mentor and just started working. So I read a book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, by Robert Kiyosaki. Great book, by the way. Everybody has to read that at least once. Ten out of ten. That book gave me like the practical, pragmatic advice. You need to know accounting, marketing, um, sales, and I believe it's business law. So when I, at that point, I'm still enrolled in college. I don't want to be a lawyer. Business law is out. I'd probably have to get my law degree if I want to do that. So I'm, I'm already out that picture. Marketing is more of a hard skill. You take a couple courses, you know, social media, you learn the ropes, and that's another hard skill as well. One of the only skills, accounting is another one, another hard skill. Sales, though, is one that caught my peak where, okay, you don't really need a degree for sales. It's kind of like personal development. You just get better at it every day. Once I read that in that book, that's when I went into real estate. Then I read, he's big into real estate investing. 80% of millionaires, he states are made in that industry. That's how I picked the industry. So how I got into sales is simply that book. And then the industry he recommended. Once he did that, I went to a couple of his seminars, paid for a course. I was seeing, long story short, was seeing absolutely no success in what I was doing, I failed miserably. I almost even went back to like gave up on the whole thing. But I realized if I just get a mentor, humble myself, get a mentor, somebody who's done what I want to do and just shadow them, then I will ultimately like be 
like I will see the same benefits they do. Went to a couple networking events. He was hosting the networking events. It was the NJ Real at that time. I went to him. I told him I'd work for free. Kind of basically begged him, like, listen, just teach me how to <laughs> teach me how to sell real estate or teach me what you do. And um, that's kind of how that relationship formed. And then after that, you obviously have to work and just be willing to fail and fall on your feet a bunch of times. And after that, it was a wrap, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And then how did you go from there and then end up doing car sales? Right. So I was in real estate, got promoted. I was doing commission only for a while. Then I started handling the leads. At that point, though, I, I felt like I was too dependent on my mentor. Like he was my, at the same time, he was my mentor, my boss, and somewhere I work. I felt that like it was, I was too dependent. And at that point in my life, I want to start branching out and like really exploring. Like, let me try to like, I guess, let me try this on my own almost. Let me try to become more independent where somebody, where I'm not dependent on others as much. That's why I left. Once I went to car sales, it was like, it was tough because car sales, I'm like, I'm sure everybody knows the cliche environment. Like everyone's out for themselves. The ego really comes out. It's like hunt or be hunted. Like if you don't sell a car, you are not eating. That environment, um, I don't regret it, but I guess I didn't expect how different it was in that environment. So that's kind of why I transitioned and what I what I found once I got there. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the skills that you learn doing car sales are that you can't really learn other places? Build, can't really learn other places. Okay, that's the caveat. I think you get the, the best way to explain it is like in car sales, like you have the ability to sell a car the same day you meet someone that big of that big of an asset where, where like the car is about 20 to like it's about 20 30 thousand dollars a car where you have the ability to like to sell that big of an asset and that like that liquid that quickly truly i don't like i'm trying to think of it i don't think there's an industry out there real estate yeah closings take what 60 to 90 days that's another big asset everything else in that Let's look at the other side of the spectrum. You sell ice cream. That's not as big of an asset as a car. It's a dollar or two. You exchange. That's it. So learning how to sell, like, it's like that nice little sweet spot where it's a big enough ass. It's a big enough purchase. And you really got to hone in on your sales skills to be able to convince the buyer or this, I'm sorry, the seller to buy it. That's true. Like you can't put a number to that in my, in my opinion, I definitely learned my negotiation went up after that. My sales skills, building rapport etc. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine it being, especially when you're younger, like a real, yeah. a place where you're like really getting in touch with reality, which is like a nice way to say getting Absolutely. like a really hard wake up call where like so many things we can do and we can kind of like fool ourselves. Maybe like if you're selling something that's like, you know, really cheap um, or, yep. and being in a competitive environment like that, where it is kind of like, at least with your coworkers, a bit like cutthroat at certain points, like you have to really yep. kind of wake up and kind of understand how the world works pretty quickly. Absolutely. You definitely learn. One thing I learned the most, I was only there for three to four months. I mean, you can imagine why. <laughs> the, I was there. The, the one thing I did learn though, Ryan, it's like human nature. Like that's one thing you, in car sales, there is no like manager. You have a problem, go sell more cars. Like that's the answer every time you have a problem in that industry, <laughs> like literally. So yeah. I want to take a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> go sell more cars. So. It definitely, I, I was really sensitive before that. I, I got thick skin. Like I don't regret it one bit. So I definitely learned a lot. 
And then for you, did you kind of get that feeling of like, okay, I'm learning some skills here from doing real estate, from doing car sales. At that point, did you feel like, because I know it can sometimes be hard where it's like, sometimes you can be on like a career path and not really know you're on a career yep. path, especially early on. Kind of how did you feel at that point, especially when you were looking like, hey, I think I got to move out of this. What was kind of going through your head? What was going through my head, to be honest, Ryan, like at that time I was like, I know I'm mentioning all these big industries, big titles. I'm only 20, 21 years old. Like at the end of the day, I still don't know what I want to do. Like I'm still trying to figure it out. That's what like, that's what I guess was going on through my head. I was still in that exploratory state. What do I want to do? I know I want to do sales, but what industry? Like, I don't know. I, to, to be frank, like I was still trying to figure out my career. That's where I came across Praxis, to be honest, because I, I hit like a low point. Like I have all this sales experience, but like, where do I see myself in five to 10 years? That's where Praxis came along, kind of personal brand. I was missing, that's, I think I was missing the personal branding, like who, like the website, blogging, like putting out my brand, that disconnect. I didn't have that early on in my, I wish I did. I probably wouldn't make the same mistakes, but later on, I learned that that's a big component of, of business success or et cetera, career growth. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you going into Praxis and so then, then coming out, you're able to get into, you know, a tech company doing software sales, um, but kind of going through Praxis, what do you think the most important things you learned were? Going through the program, definitely like that personal branding, like that's very, that's very key. Like being able to like tell your story, not at this, like tell your story, what value you bring, what value you've added, documenting it. We live in an age of social media now. It's like less about resumes, more about let me look up your name. Let me see who you are. Praxis really put that into perspective. I, I was missing that early on in my career. So I can't thank them enough for that. Another element is like that relentless pursuit of uh, of career and jobs. I had no background in tech sales. Like I knew nothing about, I don't have like an IT degree or I, I don't know anybody in like tech like that. So being able to like market myself with the skills I've already had, car sales, real estate, et cetera, like, and positioning myself and being able to add value at a growing tech startup. Those are two like invaluable things that I've learned at, in that part of my career journey. Yeah. Sometimes it is like just getting into kind of a different world yep. where maybe it's almost like, like sometimes if you know, like a good spot to go fishing and you just always go fishing yep. there and you're on your way there and someone's like, Hey man, there's like a lake over here. That's got like gigantic fish. You've got everything you need to go fish over there. Um, but you sometimes just don't know it, right? Like you can be doing car sales and think like, well, I can do real estate. I can yep. do cars. I can do like, I don't know, go work at a retail store, but like, what else can I do? Um, so that can be really helpful. And then what was that like for you? So you got started at X plenty as an SDR. Yep. Um, what was that transition like? Because it is obviously you're kind of moving from like a bit more of like blue collar style stuff into working in an, an office and doing software sales. Yeah, the, there was de there's definitely like one thing is for sure that I learned is every industry is different. Selling cars is different from real estate. Selling real estate is different from tech sales. As like as like that didn't click for me. For example, like I didn't understand that that there was such a drastic change industry to industry. So when I went into B2B, one of the biggest curves for me is I'm not talking to a 30-year-old guy who's looking to get married, buying a house. I'm not talking to a, a you know, 
parents for a high school kid who are looking to buy a car for their daughter or son or et cetera. I'm talking to a CTO, director of IT, who is strictly about the numbers, who is looking to implement some type of t- change or adopt the cloud as everything is moving to the internet. That learning curve, that jargon, like learning the jargon, the, the, the language, how to negotiate in that setting, how to talk to a decision maker. That was the big, the first 15 months I'd explain, that was probably the biggest like learning curve for me. Okay. Yeah. And then I think you were there about a year before you got promoted to account executive. Um, Was that something you had to apply for or pitch yourself for? How did that happen? How did that, I kind of, um, it kind of just unfolded naturally, right? Like there was, we were, X Plenty was getting extremely busy, which is a good thing. We were getting more and more intro calls. It was just kind of like, Hey, can can you take this call? Like you're the only one on the East coast. Like, you want to take it all most of our team members they're they're on the west coast so it's kind of like when preparation when like luck when preparation preparation meets opportunity like i was prepared for the moment for the role i've been doing the past 12 months prospecting learning the jargon how to talk to them and then when that opportunity arose i just i did a really solid job like on the introductory calls moving the deals past the funnel so it just kind of like like i said preparation and opportunity I just, luck just happened at that moment. <laughs> yeah. And so for, for people who are listening, who are thinking like, hey, sales is interesting to me, to maybe just a bit of like general information, what's kind of the difference between an SDR and an account executive? Right. So SDR, mostly prospecting. So you're looking, you're, you're like out fishing, like I'm looking for the fish, you know, what kind of, what kind of fishing rod do I have? What kind of, uh, what kind of bait am I using? Where, what lake am I going? You have to know how, you got to know where to find the, the people that you need to speak to. LinkedIn sales, for example, everyone's on LinkedIn and B2B sales, everyone's on LinkedIn, but like there's millions of people. You got to know how to find the right prospect, how to really like find their business problem, how to show the impact that you can have and book the meeting. Whereas an account executive is like, they already, they come to you. You already have like, they came to you. They already have a problem at that point. Can you, can you solve, can you show them truly how painful their problem is? And can you provide a solution on top of that? So that's kind of, I guess the difference. Okay. And what would you say the hardest part about transitioning? Like once you've, you've put in all these reps, you've done a year as an SDR. Now you're actually like trying to close. What's the hardest part about that transition? Yeah, for sure. I guess um, it's the impact, right? Like when you're prospecting, you're simply getting a meeting. The impact isn't as much. When you're in an account executive role, it's this is like, it's like big business, you know, bigger, bigger office, big business. Like now they're closing. There's decision makers involved. How to move the deal through the funnel, for example, it's a completely different process as an account executive. The leads are already coming to you. You have to be able to qualify them appropriately. You have to be able to understand their problem understand what they're going through and then are you the solution for them it's it's big it's like going to the doctor you have to like a doctor prescribes like med like you go to the doctor you tell them your problem and they prescribe you something very similar situation in an account executive role you have to be able to prescribe the right solution to them your solution may not always be like what they need so be having like having that expertise is something that it definitely takes time, like understanding the use case and being confident prescribing the right solution. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so for you, you've kind of been on this adventure now for 
I mean, four-ish years since dropping out, going from real estate to car sales into praxis, um, now kind of finding your lane here in software sales. Is this something that you see yourself like, hey, this is where I want to be for the next 10 years of my career? Or how do you kind of think about like the future at this point? Yeah. So whenever I look like, that's a great question. Whenever I look at career growth, I look at it as simply as a ladder. Every Everywhere you are, you just got to get to the next level at some point. Do I see myself doing software sales for 40 years? I don't think so. That's like a pretty big commitment for a 24-year-old, right? <laughs> but right now, I can say that it is the perfect season for me. Like it's where I want to be. I'm growing every day. I'm adding value to my company there. And in return, like they're helping me out as well, progress, like further develop my skills. So it's um, it's it's exactly where I need to be. And I'm definitely happy with it. Okay, awesome. And so you and Mitchell Earl um, are doing a great job of breaking down kind of that process of dropping out, of starting to learn skills on the Deliberate Dropout podcast. So I don't need you to to kind of give off all that information here. But um, kind of for you, if you were going back and just had like an opportunity to quickly talk to yourself at that moment of like, you've dropped out, obviously, you had some ideas at that time, you, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was like giving you some great ideas. Um, what do you think you would kind of want to tell yourself from this point where to make, if you could make that road a little bit smoother for yourself, what do you think the difference would be? Yeah, for sure. Like I, to be honest, Ryan, I didn't know how difficult it was going to be. So that's one thing I was very naive going into it. I wish I knew like truly how difficult that transition is. And I wish I was a little, I wish I had some sort of plan in place. Early on in my career, I went with my instincts more. So I was more instinctual. If I felt something's off, I went, I just went with the gut. The gut is a good indicator. Like that's how birds go to Mexico. They fought, they don't have a compass. Like I didn't know that by the way. Like they literally like follow their gut and they end up in Mexico. That's crazy. Like, where do they, anyway. where do they keep their compasses? They don't even have pockets. <laughs> yeah. I so crazy. Like I didn't even know they follow the gut. But anyway, besides the point, we as humans, we have probably an even better sort of compass. We have like intuition, like we have consciousness on top of intuition. So if birds can go to Mexico with their intuition, we should be able, like that should be a good indicator of where you are. Like, do you, does it feel right? The problem with me was that was my only indicator. So I wish early on it was 50, 50. Let me, you know, is something, do I feel good? Is something off? Okay, cool. Now let me strategize and make a plan. That other 50%, I learned the hard way. I'm a 24-year-old turning 25. Like I learned that now. It took me about five years of just following my gut and you know where I end up. But I wish I strategized more. And Mitchell's like, he's the he's kind of like on the opposites, but like he's really good at strategizing and making the right moves. So I definitely learned a lot from him in that aspect as well and praxis. <clears throat> mm -hmm. and, and one thing I, I forgot that I wanted to ask was um, for winning that role at X Plenty, what was that yeah. process like and how did you kind of convince them to take a chance on you? Absolutely. So for me, like when I first applied, I just I just showcased like the sales experience I had prior. So that was my big thing. Even though I had no industry knowledge, I was able to like, like I sold cars, I sold real estate. Like the fact that I could transition in these, like sales is not going away. I have, I had at that time two or three years experience. It's not a lot, but like it's, I guess it's a good amount to understand. So I just took my prior experience of where I've sold to, I just don't list, like I could easily like, just under, like, it's very, this, this skill is very trans. As long as you teach me the industry, the jargon, I'll be like, I could, I promise you I'll add as much value as I can. 
Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then I guess one final question I'd ask for, for people out there. So you kind of came out and you were like, Hey, sales, like, I know I can do this. I know this is a high value skill. Um, it seems like you had that kind of internal confidence. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who maybe don't have as much confidence. What would you say to kind of people like that about why maybe they should give sales a chance as a, as a route into building a career? <sighs> Because sales is that that will never go away. If you could learn how to, you're selling yourself at every moment, whether you realize it or not. You're grabbing a cup of coffee at Starbucks. You're going food shopping. You're at work. You literally sell a good a good or service for a living. That will never go away. If you could learn how to market yourself correctly, and if you could sell yourself, that's like that's all you need. And just to look back at me, I I didn't have like I was introverted in high school. I wasn't really outgoing. I I was anxious, talk, like talking in groups of people. So that the fact that I went into sales completely transformed my outlook in life. It's not easy though. You like one thing I would recommend if you are going to get into it, just go into. I would I like I worked at a call center in earlier on in my career, twelve dollars an hour. Go go just hit the phones. Like just keep calling people. You're gonna get. You're going to hear 90 no's and five yeses. And that's all you need to build thick skin and to start your career. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. And all right, so people should go check out the Deliberate Dropout uh, with you and Mitchell Earl. You guys are giving off lots of great tips, suggestions, book recommendations, all that type of stuff on that, on that show. Um, and then is there anywhere else people should go online to connect with you or to follow you? My IG, Lou Stoge, L-O-U-S-T-O-J, and then LinkedIn, just search up LJ. You, you should find me. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Like what you hear? Go to crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at isaac at crash.co. 